This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Great to be here another day. Mary Danielson, good morning. Good morning. Your voice is a little lower than it usually oh, is. and I hope it holds out. Yeah, it may be just a few weeks, right? Just a few. <laughs> Sound like you should be on one of those uh, smooth jazz stations. <laughs> you know, isn't that? Anyway, um, I thought it would be good. We're going to do a news and hot topic show today covering everything or anything that we can uh, think of here that we've printed out and we've talked about articles that from what's going on over in China with the protests, to um, an old classic article from Joseph Farah on myths of the Middle East. We're going to talk about Palestine. Also, Jonathan Brentner's great article over at Harbinger's Daily. We're going to just touch on some of the bullet points. It's called, Why Do So Many Christians Deny the Deadly Intent Behind the Globalist Agenda? Also, uh-oh, the CDC knew all along Myocarditis was an issue with the shots, but they left it off some of their surveys anyway. Isn't that complicit? Yeah, I I think it is. But will there be any accountability? Uh, No, I don't think there will be. Um, A top oncologist warns that cancer in patients is exploding after the COVID shots. Um, also, a new campaign called He Gets Us. Have you heard? Have you seen the ads about this? What is that? Is it a good thing? We'll touch on that as well. And um, some good news I want to start off with, and then I'm going to open up with some scripture. What, David, did you say good news? Yes. Um, this comes from the American Family Association. God bless Tim Wildman and the work they do there. Some good news. Um, the Biden administration earlier this year through the Department of Health and Human Services, tried to force Christians in the medical field to perform abortions and sex change surgeries. Our friends at the Christian Medical and Dental Association fought back and in federal court, and they won. They were, presented, um, they were represented by Beckett. It's a religious freedom law firm. So the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals and right now, right below the U.S. Supreme Court, ruled The Biden administration could not do this and that Christian doctors and nurses with religious objections to killing unborn babies had to be respected. Interestingly, the lawyers for the Biden Democrats and the HHS chose not to appeal the decision up to the Supreme Court. And that's very interesting as the deadline for this passed on November 25, just a few days ago, less than a week ago now. He said, I don't know why they chose not to go to the Supreme Court, except maybe God blocked it. Mary, I thought it'd be good to open with some good news today um, because there it's interesting. With some developments, we see a lot of the junk that's going on because mm-hmm. you and I are kind of trained to discern and go that way and look at world news and look at look in view of the Bible. But a lot of people are feeling pretty heavy because of some of what we're going to talk about even today. And they need to hear stories like this mm-hmm. that... Yes, there are some ways God is still seemingly, you know, preserving either some morality or yep. something. So. Well, I'd encourage people to listen to Julaine yesterday because we oh asked goodness. her, okay, what, what's God doing? You know, what have you seen God doing? And then she went through a list of all these great things that where God met them in the last year. And I went, wow, a good report. I mean, it's, there's not many good reports out no. there. And I thought, what a blessing. So if you haven't heard Julaine, uh, give a listen to yesterday's yes, podcast. Yesterday's podcast, we talked about the dis- Respect for Marriage Uh Act that passed in the Senate, and Julaine gave her thoughts on that. But also, she said something very interesting, that when her offices in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Wisconsin Family Council were firebombed by pro-abortion terrorists, um, she said, I I didn't think for, when that first happened, I didn't think anything good could come out of this. And yet, she ended up on Tucker Carlson on Fox News being interviewed and more attention was given what the work that she and her organization do. So, I mean, that was just one of the things. But yesterday's podcast, if you missed it, it was called uh, Julian Appling, Disrespect of Marriage, Family, God, and Religious Freedom. Go listen to that one. 
please, when you get a chance. So Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, just a good reminder for us. Do you not know, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Isaiah forty twenty-eight through 31. So, Mary Danielson, we talked about a lot of different things today, what we're going to cover. Um, what do you want to start with today? Good question. Um, you know, to me, this uh, article by Jonathan Brentner is just mm-hmm. so good. Uh, he lists uh, what he calls spoiler alerts. He lists several things um, in light of what's going on in the world today and why do people not really understand uh, the deadly intent and the agenda of the globalists. And, and uh, David, I know you and I talked about this. Yeah. And we um, need to bring people up to speed on our behind the scenes yes, conversations yes. about these things, too. Yes. Um, basically, he was he's challenging people to say, <laughs> you know, OK, here's what I see happening. And he lists seven things. He says food shortages. Do mm-hmm. you see those fuel shortages, inflation, hyperinflation, severe inflation all over the world? OK, all over the world. And the Bible in Revelation 6, 6 says, you know, in the. Um, there'll be a loaf of bread for a day's wages. So the Bible certainly uh, warns us that there will be hyperinflation inflation in the last of the last days. Then he talks about World War III. How close are we to that? Mm-hmm. Wars and rumors of wars department, I call that. Depopulation. I know we've talked about this related to the, mm-hmm. the vaccine. There's uh, an agenda. Uh-huh, yep. There's definitely an agenda. And then he talks about a global government and the mark of the beast. And what's so interesting, because everyone's heard of the 666. Hollywood's heard of it. Everybody's heard of it almost to the point of maybe not even believing it. Right. So Jonathan's trying to get a reality check here with this article that mm-hmm. Christians need to understand that there's evil out there that is severe. But he, he quotes here, Aldous Huxley, this is so interesting, under the mark of the beast um, category, he says, and this was 1961. 61. Yes, yeah. Aldous Huxley, who's a futurist, a philosopher, author, um, he says, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method Uh-oh. of making people love their servitude, producing dictatorship without tears, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies, so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away, but rather enjoy it. Mm. Did, didn't he say you will have nothing and enjoy it? Didn't uh, um, Harari say that? You will have nothing and be well, happy? Well, that's one of the uh, Great Reset bullet right. points. You, right. will, you will own nothing and be happy. And be happy. And he says, because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing, or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods, wow. this seems to be the final revolution, he says. And this was, this, he said this the same year that they were developing a polio vaccine, and that a researcher uh, had discovered that there was a monkey virus in it. They did not recall it. <clears throat> they kept giving people this vaccine for polio, because I think that was another made-up thing polio mm. i think it's possible um but also he he just uh i don't know it's just insane the way um because that particular vaccine did change the genome of the human race and introduced yes. a, a cancer virus into 90 million baby boomers yeah. so they've been trying to do this for a very long time yeah so let's go back just briefly and then we'll, we'll go back to point one in uh, brentner's article um by the way shout out to our friends and our brothers and sisters at Harbinger's Daily, mm-hmm. uh, amazing work they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so 1961, that what you just read, this quote, to me it was like so prophetic. And I know when we hear pharmacological methods, we're thinking, my goodness, big pharma today. Mm-hmm. Our whole hospital and so-called healthcare system is built on taking a pill to get well yeah. or taking a pill to manage. maybe manage your mm-hmm. symptoms. Does it heal you? No. Uh, so let's go back. Aldous Huxley, he had a brother in the U.N., a fil- or connected with the U.N. There were two brothers, Huxley brothers, if I remember right. One, one was a humanist. Um, anyway, this, th- these guys go way back in our history, and we should uh, really know a little bit about them. But um, let's, so let's go back to the, the first question that Jonathan asks is, 
why do so many believers in Christ deny that there's a deadly intent in the agenda of the globalists? So, Mary, when we were talking before the podcast, we said, and I, we've mentioned this for years, that we tend to, well-meaning people, tend to give others the benefit of the doubt. It's, and now, I think now we know, looking back, that was very naive. Mm-hmm. And so we understand that a lot of people don't get the biblical principle of the wickedness in the heart of man. I think that would be something we can go back to and say, okay, that's one of the reasons. Because we don't understand the evil intent of man and the direction of mankind. And the Bible is full of it from the Old Testament to the New. We don't understand how people, evil people could be doing some of the things they're doing today. Yes, and evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. I mean, that's a verse. Timothy. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Yeah. Um, that's a verse we need to you know, stamp on our foreheads because we should not be surprised at the way the world is going and not be naive. Um, I mean, we trust the Lord with everything, and yet the days are getting seriously dark. And I, I, I agree that I think uh, Christians tend to put a good spin. They don't want to believe that um, that our politicians are just being led by Satan himself. I mean, they, they don't want to believe that. And I think that that's a dangerous place for the church to be at. And they don't want to call mm-hmm. out sin anymore. See, the, yeah. the, the churches have been neutralized by yeah. seeker-sensitive gospels and, and you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And and I think that it's very important that the church understand what sin is, that pastors continue to call out sin no matter what the government says you can or cannot do. Yep. Don't bend to pressure and get get people to understand how wicked the world is. I love how Schwab says that the WEF, World Economic Forum, is acquiring divine powers. Wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, who, this is Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, okay. yes. The grandfather of the Great Reset, right? The World Economic Forum. Yes. He said divine powers? Yes. Um, Jesus is fake news. Uh, they declared, and that the WF leaders have acquired divine powers to rule over humanity. Um, according to the WEF, a new one-world religion has arrived, and it unites all of humanity in worshiping at the altar of climate science, techno-communism, and eugenics. Um, so if that's a surprise, I mean, I we got to pay close attention uh, because of his right-hand man, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Yep. He says, whatever comes to mind comes out of his mouth. He's a very interesting guy. <laughs> you can uh, you can hear a lot of his agenda on YouTube. They're just coming right out. They don't even Ted care. Ted talks. Uh, yep. Yeah, you can hear it on video. Well, acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction, and that the WEF will turn humans into gods. That, transhumanism. <sighs> yes. So this is what they're pursuing. I think we've got to stop being naive, friends. My encouragement to you: don't get overwhelmed by this, but read up on it a little bit about what these globalists are pushing. We've done many podcasts on this, talking about this, but I, I want to piggyback on that. And then we'll get back to the Brentner article. Um, there's a headline over at Christian Evidence, and th- thank you, uh, shout out to our friend, uh, Pastor Andy Woods. Could Emmanuel Macron or Macron be the Antichrist? That's interesting. But there's another video of him speaking, saying uh, he's calling for a single global order to prevent a world war. That's his reasoning for we need this global order, the one world government, the new world order. Mm-hmm. We need that. We've been hearing about this for decades. Mm-hmm. Even the, the George Bush Sr. uttered it in 1991, I think, in an interview. So here we got the French president saying we need it. Why? Well, we want to avoid a world war. Mayor, here comes the concept of peace and safety or peace and security. We want peace and security, and we are willing oftentimes to give up our freedoms so that we can have peace and safety or peace and security, even though it's maybe not true authentic peace because the only peace we can have is in Christ. But worldwide peace, who wouldn't want world peace? Yes, you know, there's something (laughs) called crisis management. Here's the worst-case scenario. Here is what we propose to fix that, and you will like it. You know, like, so the economic collapse really is going on all over the world. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to bring in a digital currency, which is, you know, backed up by the blockchain. And the blockchain is this global database that, that, um, keeps track of every single transaction in the world, who did it, when they did it, what they did, what they bought. I mean, you know, it's, people are going to like it because, it's, you know, I mean, they're going to give the impression that all these things are for our best. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the vaccines, everything, the shutdowns, 
everything was for our best interest, right? But they, we're finding out, and by the way, we're going to get into that next segment, friends. We've got a couple articles on cancer uh, and myocarditis, just two of the things that have increased, uh, um, to some might say off the charts, since the COVID shots. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that. But it's for your good, we're told by the government. Let's also leave them with another nugget that you and I <laughs> talked about. One of the conclusions we Christians and conservatives and discerners have to come to now is the government does not have our best mm-hmm. interests at heart. Right. We have to realize that. And anything connected with government, big pharma, um, the public education system, so-called education, we have to recognize that for many, 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 many decades, these have not been going the way that someone with a biblical worldview would support mm-hmm. or should support anymore. Right. We were talking earlier, and you said, okay, so what did they say first about the vaccine? Well, Okay, if you this get this, you yeah. won't catch COVID. Right, you won't catch that COVID. That was lie number, lie number one. one. But we didn't find out about that yeah. until six months or nine months after. Well, even go back earlier, if you are locked down, See, we will bring oh. we will bring the virus to its knees because we are we'll powerful human the, beings. Yeah, yes, we'll we, and no virus has ever obeyed a human being. <laughs> I mean, that's my understanding, and I'm proof of that with my voice. Okay, <laughs> so I it would, didn't do what I wanted it to do. So here you go. But you were saying this earlier. You know, okay, so lockdowns will you won't get it. Masks, you you know, masks will prevent the spread. Yeah, you can go out, but wear a mask. Oh, it'll goodness. prevent the spread. So and the other one on masks, it won't affect your lungs, and it won't affect right. if children wear masks. Right. Which children? Oh my goodness, that's a whole nother. Keep going, Mary. Right. So <laughs> then, so then, what was the next lie? Um, if you get the vax, you, you won't catch you COVID. won't catch COVID. Yeah. Then we spread COVID. And well, that was the ne- one after that. So that was the next lie. And then six months go by. Oh, okay. If you get the vaccination, you won't spread COVID. Right. So you need to do it. If you love your neighbor, yes. you need to do this because you don't want to give them COVID, right? Wear a mask, yes. social distance and get the vaccine. Yeah. So you won't give others COVID. What are we finding out now? And there are headlines. In fact, um, uh, Mark Hall wrote something about this that there are more people now that have been vaccinated that have caught COVID. Just really briefly, we weren't planning on doing this right now. We want to get back to the Brentner article, but deaths are way up. Vaccine injuries are way up. Just go to openvares.com. It's now happening on such a scale, it's impossible to cover it up with the usual media gaslighting tactics. And there's a lot of evidence out there, but of course we know that the mainstream media won't report this. But it gets worse. Vaccinated people are also dying, Mm -hmm. not only getting Mm -hmm. covid more than unvaccinated yeah. in many cases. They're getting COVID, but they're dying. Heart attacks, yes, strokes. We've talked about this, friends. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be redundant, but there are always new listeners to this podcast. We are not um, fear-mongering. This is happening. You mm-hmm. can look up the stats. Blood clots, cancer, they're being you know, spread. Yep. And why have you not heard about these studies in the mainstream media? I think we know why. Well, we need to don't. We need to stop believing they are really looking out for the interests of the people. Well, it says here, too, um, convulsions, seizures, encephalitis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, and a bunch of words that are just, I don't know, (laughs) $10,000 words. But um, And a lot of it is under the whole notion that, well, this is medical, private, privacy laws and all that sort of thing. I think they have to go to court to get some of these statistics to even come out. Um, And they knew that young men especially were going to have cardiac events from the vax. And... I, I read the news every day. We're So-and-so died suddenly. So-and-so died in their sleep. So-and-so dropped dead. So-and-so, you know, I think of a guy like Bob Saget who died all of a sudden in his sleep, and I think it was mm. probably the jab. By the way, I forgot. I need to ask you about that documentary, Died Suddenly, mm-hmm. just to get your overall impression on that. But you said something very important. Over at PJ Media, I just uh, printed this off. The CDC knew right. that myocarditis was an issue. It was left off the post-vaccination surveys of people Mm -hmm. anyway. But thanks to a court order, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, we now know that the first people to get COVID-19, the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, reported a high number of serious health issues. According to the data now, which they had to release, the CDC being they, almost 770,000 people. Tragically, a lot of the first responders and healthcare workers reported 
needing medical care after getting the COVID-19 shot. But, of course, the CDC hid that. The media suppressed it. The Democrats ignored it and also kept it out of the news. So this is just, they're complicit. Will there be accountability? I don't know. But a lot more. We'll get back to the Brentner article and more. We'll go over to the Middle East, too, when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Along with my co-host, Mary Danielson, let's get back to um, the bottom line. Here's one bottom line. Why do we talk about all this? It's getting worse. It's not going to improve. Um, And it's very simple. It's time. Christians need to be sharing our faith. Remind you of Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Corinthians 6.2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. It's time because we all die, one way or another. Ten out of ten people die, with the exception of, a couple in the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> was it Enoch that was taken yeah, up? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, sin is the cause of death, and this is a time when people are the most afraid, most uncertain, most fearful, most confused. Mm-hmm. And here we have the solution. We have an eternal vaccination, right. if I can use that word in a positive sense. It's the gospel. Right. So when we say all this, we want to point you to the Bible, and we want to say, Get that off the page into your heart and then speak it and share it with those you love. Right. The whole purpose of all this is to let people know what's going on, how it fits with the scripture, how it fits with prophecy. Because let's face it, 100 years from now, none of these headlines are going to matter. Nope. 100 years from now, we will all be in eternity. And so we understand that. So we keep the perspective of the headlines and what's going on. But we want to let people know to share your faith and that Jesus is coming and, you know, get in that ark because time is short. I mean, I think about the mark of the beast, all right? And I think about the technology that is here today to implement that. Yep. Tomorrow, yesterday, I don't know. And if it's if it's even three and a half years out for it to be mandatory, which would fit the timeline in the scriptures, mm. it could be mandatory tomorrow. So how late is it? To me, that's such a great signpost. Okay, one more diversion. Okay. And then we'll get back. All right. I got to share a story. I, it was late 1980s. Early 1990s, I was working out in Hollywood, and I was on the set of The Young and the Restless, and I was reading my Bible because I was waiting you know, to go on to do I think I was playing a waiter or whatever, and there was an older gentleman there. He was a Unitarian. I didn't know anything. I didn't know about the unity and all that. I, I thought, well, Unitarian church, that's okay, church. I thought it was Christian. <laughs> we now know, right? Yes. Uh-huh. But back then, I was, talking, and I was reading um, – some prophecy at the time, just learning. I mean, I was just reading the Bible and just learning it myself and going to Bible study. And he says, yeah, that book of Revelation, I don't know how you believe that whole thing, all these these stories and the mark of the beast. Because you mentioned the mark of the beast. Yeah. and I don't know why my brain just went oh, back funny. to this conversation with this old man. And at that time, I didn't have a response. Hmm. I just said, well, I believe it's true. This is God's word. But now, with all the technologies, we're seeing this setup That's amazing. for the mark. We're seeing people being vaccinated. We're seeing chips. Some people are taking chips in their wrist to get into their place of employment. You know, it's just some amazing technology we have. So this was, a what, nine, uh, let's see, 90, 2000, 2010. This was 32 years ago when I was out there. Um, in this conversation I just told you about. And um, here we are. Let's go back to the article now. Jonathan Brentner, why do so many Christians deny the deadly intent behind the globalists' agenda? Number one, Mayor always she already mentioned the talking points, catastrophic worldwide food shortages. And they're predicted and even expected by some globalists and some forecasters next year. 2023, is America on the cusp of a food catastrophe? I mean, we've seen some really odd things with um, supply chain issues. We've seen some odd things with baby food, baby formula in certain stores, some some shelves empty when it comes to certain products. We've gone in and we've usually you have 
we're, this just, it's a first world problem, Mayor. You go in for your favorite product and you've got 12 options. Oh, now we only have three options of this certain product that we like. What happened to the rest? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. For, first world problem. But the point is fascinating things because of the food supply and things, wheat and everything else, and then trucking and energy. Mm-hmm. This is affecting us not as much in America yet, but, and we're not being prophetic. We're just saying, this is obviously you, you function the way you do in government and you, you know, stop supporting, you know, energy independence. Mm-hmm. You have some of these issues. You're going to rely on foreign oil. So the coming worldwide famine, Brentner says, aligns closely with Bible prophecy and for the time of the tribulation. And we already mentioned um, Revelation 6, Matthew 24, verse 7. So the next one, let's go to point two, and that would be diesel fuel shortages. Well, we get, have you, friends, have you ever, ever ordered anything from online? Have you ever ordered anything from Amazon or somewhere else? How do they get that to your house? You know, they, it's all this shipping. They get it to a, a lo, local, what do you call it, distribution center. Mm-hmm. They get it to your house. Energy, mm-hmm. gas. So, Mayor, this is just point number two, and I'll just let you decide how, what do you want to share from the fuel shortage, or you want to go on to point three. Well, everything is just so incredibly connected. It is connected. Railroads, the diesel fuel, it's actually an additive. Railroads. Yes, an additive that they have to put in the diesel fuel. If they, if they withhold the additive, they can't hit the road. So it's not the fuel shortage so much. That's it's right. the additive that's required that's right. because of these green people. Green people. Wait a minute. Those, those are Martians. No, co- no, communists are red. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, red and green. Green yeah, people. Green people. <laughs> the Martians. No, the global warming <laughs> People, climate change. Climate change um, activists. I got to stay up on the jargon here. Yeah. <laughs> climate um, change activists. Right. And so, so many things are interconnected. If, yeah. if one thing gets disrupted, if the truckers can't hit the roads, um, it starts with the production. Um, and then what were all those food plants, food processing plants that were burning down? Weren't there like a hundred of them in the last year? No one talks about that anymore. What a coincidence, huh? No and kidding. I use that word, you know. A hundred of them? Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah. So it doesn't take much yeah. to disrupt the system. We used to be a farming world. You know, we were an agricultural society. Yeah. And now people are living in cities, you know, stacked on top of each yeah. other. And they, somebody has to make <clears throat> enough food to feed the entire world. Well, at some point, that's going to be judged. It's going to come to an end. Uh, like I said, a loaf of bread for a day's wages. Um, so basically... <clears throat> Um, we're in big trouble. So Jonathan Brentner refers to Revelation 6, 5 through 8, and it, when the third seal is famine. Mm-hmm. Um, when he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come. I looked, and behold, a black horse, the one who sat on it, had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not damage the oil mm-hmm. and the wine. And he says, uh, he says, oh, and it goes on. The lamb, when the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth creature saying, come. I looked and behold, an ashen horse. Then the one who sat on it had the name death and Hades was following him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and famine and plague and by the wild animals of the That's earth. That's two billion. A fourth is two billion. So Brentner says, even if we don't completely run out of diesel fuel, isn't it likely that the shortages could cause much suffering as prices skyrocket for basic necessities? And Mayor, uh, sadly, some will be able to live, you know, handle that better than others. Um, the elite won't be affected as much. No. The people and the hardworking and the I don't hate to say class, but the lower class people that are not as fortunate. Um, they're going to be really affected by this. Well, and if we get something like the social score that China has where, where they uh, determine your worth, your worthiness of eating, basically your worthiness of being a part of the, yeah. the society at large and say, well, you're a Christian or, you know, you have, uh, you know, transgressed <clears throat> the, the global order of things, so we are going to withhold food from you. Um, and then there's the whole spiritual aspect of the mark. Because God's not going to send people to hell for wanting to feed their families. There's a spiritual aspect. Mm. It's the number of his name. So we have to sometimes wonder what that spiritual angle is because taking the mark sends a person to hell for all eternity. Mm. So this is all just so, and we may not understand it all right now, what that all involves. It might involve DNA, you know, that I wouldn't have said 10 years ago. What in the world? 
it may involve all kinds of things, you know, because yeah. it's a counterfeit salvation. It's yep. a counterfeit <clears throat> Christianity. It's so, a counterfeit peace and safety. Everything is a big fat lie. <laughs> that's, yeah. what you, that's what I just heard, right? Yeah. yeah. So record inflation that will get much worse. Yep. Um, let's jump to number four, threats of World War Three. We've mm-hmm. heard that. We've heard the leaders of uh, NATO and Putin talk about the use of nuclear weapons. We've got Israel warning that uh, if, if, if Bi- the Biden administration, which they're not, uh, doesn't do something, Israel will definitely be forced probably to defend itself and or attack Iran. Um, all these, And then we haven't even mentioned Jinping, Xi, over in China. And that they are already, he stated this recently, that they are preparing for war. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, Mayor, with what this leftist administration has done to, our, to weaken our military, mm-hmm. I don't know how ready, how war ready yeah. we would be. But that's for speculation and for experts that know much more mm-hmm. about it than I do to talk about. So we, we also this is also connected to point five in Brentner's article, the depopulation agenda of the globalists. We did part of a show on this uh, about a week ago or was it this Monday? I lose track of days, but we talked about the depopulation agenda and they do want to and. Harari or others say, you know, these they want to get rid of the useless eaters. Well, this right. is how climate change activists look at it. They want to save the planet. Nature is God. Human beings are the problem. Right. We've got to rid the earth of useless eaters and people. How, do, how are they going to do that? Abortion has done a pretty good job to help them. Definitely. But they've got to do euthanasia. They've got to implement other methods. And some have said the vaccine is a means that they could use to cause people to die and we don't have enough time to get into the weeds on that one right but these aren't conspiracy theories any longer no. it's interesting how we have I, I think of the uh labor shortage that we're going through in this country oh my goodness and i think of the baby boomers and how huge of a generation that was um and i just think about the retail world that the baby boomers helped to build we went to work at 16 we actually went to work the next day too <laughs> and we've been working our whole lives, right? Yeah. And so we have built this incredible retail culture. You drive around any city in the country and you go, wow, look at, well, there's a mall, there's a mall, there's a mall, there's a restaurant. And you think, okay, so now through abortion and having less children, this huge retail empire that we've had in this country cannot sustain itself. We don't have the workers, and I blame abortion for that. You have mm. a whole generation that has killed their children, yeah. millions, tens of millions of people who would be productive members of society. So when you talk about little chinks in the chain there that change the face of our culture, that's definitely one of them. The push for abortion and population control, that's definitely changed. But the other thing that's worked in unison with this is the entertainment. The people are they're amusing themselves to death. Uh-huh. Young people brought up on these machines, on games, and they, they don't, many of them don't know, they never heard the words, go outside and play. You know, I mean, we heard that when we were yes. kids, right? Don't come in until you're starving. Right, but now they've got technology. They don't need to go outside and play. Plus their work ethic. We don't have time to get into mm-hmm. the amazing, horrible work ethic in the last several decades yeah. of young people. So that's why there's a worker shortage. I've seen more signs, help wanted, now hiring, than I've ever seen in my life starting two years ago. And I've never seen more. And they continue. Places need Workers, yeah. there are jobs out there, yeah. and there are many reasons. Welfare, Biden bucks, the government wanting to give you money instead of yeah. getting people back to work. And this is all by design, but I want to quote uh, Psalm 37, 14, and 15. says, The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. That's Psalms 37, 14, and 15. And, of course, another point, push for a one-world government, which we've already talked enough about, I think, and we also mentioned the mark of the beast. So that's Jonathan Brentner's article. Um, and I want to go back. I think this quote from Aldous Huxley is worth repeating, Mayor, yeah. because it was 1961, and now we can look back, hindsight, and go, prophetic. <laughs> um, he said there will be – now, this is Huxley. He said this at the California Medical School. And Mayor read it in the first segment. There will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire 
societies so that people will have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. That, I'm going to have to put that in the podcast post today. We've only got two and a half minutes left, and we did want to get to Farah's article. I think we're going to have to push that um, to the next segment, Myths of the Middle East. We're going to talk about Palestine, where that word came from, what's really the truth about Palestine. But back to these articles about um, the CDC knowing myocarditis was an issue. Um, These are problems, friends. You, You can look these up now. Um, 48% of those who adverse reactions due to the vaccine, 48% needed urgent care, 15% went to an emergency room, 10% hospitalized. And this is astounding to me. 66% of infants required urgent care, 2% of them hospitalized. Infants, we had, um, we had talked about this as well. If you look at certain studies, um, infertility is off the charts now. And even stillborn babies. um, And I don't know how many people are actually connecting it to the vaccines, but it just happens to be in the last couple years. Um, So menstruation issues, women have had menstruation issues. You can look at this as medically available to you if you look up the stats. So why all of a sudden, we need to ask these questions, are women having issues with menstruation and infertility and an increase in stillbirths. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't know where it ends. I think we've already seen this. Is this like a time bomb? You know, is this situation a time bomb in people's bodies where it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and we're going to see more things? I mean, this is grievous enough. It's heartbreaking. And we will learn more, I'm sorry to say, sadly. The documentary Died Suddenly uh, is, you know, it's not for everyone, just so you know, make sure that you are ready to go in there and, yeah. and see the things that they present, that the embalmers present of people. They've done autopsies on people who've died from these things. And We're going to pick that up when okay. we come back because I think we can't just skim over that because Stu Peters over on Rumble, you can get this in different places, but you can watch it. And I don't recommend you watch it, but if you really want to dive in, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, It's called Died Suddenly. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Then we'll talk about China and we'll go to the myths of the Middle East when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, briefly, because we've got like four things to jump on this hour, including the protests over in China. Um... Top oncologist, cancer in patients is exploding after COVID shots. And one London oncologist says the well-established link between the mRNA shots and blood clots, myocarditis, heart attacks, and strokes is reason enough to stop the vaccine program. Any other time in human history, we need a a top oncologist in London. We need to understand any other time in human history when you've had these kind of adverse reactions to a vaccine, they would have Stopped it immediately. Hopefully. Any other time in human history. But now, and we're into the hundreds of thousands of people that have been injured. And actually over, I think it was 1.2 million. There's more than that. And it's way more than they're reporting. More than they're they're, underreported. Yes. So Dr. Angus Dalgish, professor of oncology at St. George's University of London, in a letter to the British Medical Journal, As a practicing oncologist, I am seeing people with stable disease rapidly progress after being forced to have a booster, usually so they can travel. Even within my own personal contact, I am seeing B-cell-based disease after the boosters. They they describe being distinctly unwell a few days to weeks after the booster, one developing leukemia, two colleagues with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and an old friend who has felt like he has had long COVID since receiving his booster, severe bone pain, diagnosed as having multiple metastases from a rare B, B cell disorder. So this is just to touch on this article. So even cancer is increasing. We'll, we'll probably s- start seeing the numbers. 
And I want to point people back to what they did in Canada about six months ago when all of a sudden it wasn't um, heart disease or diabetes or cancer that was the number one cause of death. Number one category, you can look this up up in Canada. This is what they decided to put up there, unknown causes. That was the number one There's another whopper. factor of, of people dying, unknown causes. Come on. You mean to tell me with the technology and the tracking right. and the medical records and all this, right. autopsies or whatever, that you can't figure out yeah. what the main thing that's causing these deaths? Come on. So, yeah. Mayor, let's talk about, um, unless you wanted to add something to that before we go on to the Chinese uh, well, we can, we can co- talk about this Chinese COVID protests. What's going on there and what will likely happen, sadly, to the Chinese citizens that have been protesting? Well, there's been riot police clashing with protesters. Um, death of former President Jiang comes amid tumultuous time. One of the, this is one of the biggest acts of public defiance in a decade mm-hmm. over in China, communist China. Authorities are prohibiting protesters as security tightens. So, Mayor, we, we don't have time to get into a lot of this, but we, yeah, we can, can just, just touch on it. Yeah, go ahead and touch and on it. Iranian, too. I got a little bit about that. Get back to the microphone. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you forgot. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> That's why we don't have webcams. Go, what was, what was going, what's going on there? <laughs> Mayor didn't have her headphones on. No, I did <laughs> So, um, how similar this is to protests in different parts of the world for different reasons. But sadly, we kind of can speculate, Mayor, because we know the the brutal nature of the Chinese communist regime, right. what will likely happen to some of these people. And you said something before we get on the podcast, for the Chinese to think that they can have a zero COVID Yeah, it's ridiculous, and that's policy. the goal, is uh, that the draconian um, measures over there have to do with a zero COVID policy. In other words, we want to make sure that no one has it yeah. or gets it, which is absurd. But it's, of course, a method of control. Yeah. They want to make sure that, that everyone is social distancing, that they're wearing their masks, that they're getting vaccinated. Um, and they have been locking people down now because the, the, the infection rate is extremely high over there again. Mm. And so they're overstating the, the threat of this Omicron that is sweeping China. Well, yeah. then there will be another one. So I think people are really wised up about this. I hope so. There's a couple, just a few quotes, and then we need to move on. Um, quote, police came to my front door to ask me about it and get me to complete a written record. This is a Beijing resident who declined to be identified. Another resident said some friends who posted videos of the protests on social media were taken to a police station and asked to sign a document saying they would not do that again. This is interesting because they don't even want the information of protests to be out there. Right. And they're going to start punishing their citizens as they have a track record you'd of expect. doing. Yes, that's yeah. what you'd expect. And a lot of, of the protesters are demanding an end to the communist rule based on this, but I don't see that happening. No. makes them feel better, yeah. but I don't see that happening. So, Merritt, you told me about an article that Joseph Farah wrote over at WND. I don't even have a year for this. It's not dated, but... 2000. Really? Yes, it's a classic. 22 years ago. Yes. It's called Myths of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And why don't you share why you think it's important to bring this up at this time? Well, I think that a lot of people just do not understand the nature of what goes on in the Middle East. You know, it's spiritual. It's a... It's a uh, Family feud, I guess you could say, <laughs> as they're all related. But um, I think it's important to understand exactly uh, the nature of the whole Palestinian thing because everybody calls it Palestine. It's not Palestine. It's Israel. And Joseph Farrell wrote a spectacular mm. article 22 years ago, and it's classic. And he's Arab-American. He's Arab-American. Journalist, yes, yeah. and he's, he spent a lot of time in Israel. And he really blows the lid off of the myths, as the name of the article says, of what uh, is the nature of this situation, you know, um, because it says, uh, in the Six-Day War, Israel captured Judea, Samaria, and East Jerusalem. Um, And so prior to that, there really was no serious movement for a Palestinian homeland. So So when was the Six-Day War? 1967. Okay, he said, it's interesting that prior to that war, Mm -hmm. there was no serious movement for a Palestinian homeland, Mm -hmm. okay? Yep. Uh, and, it's, and it's true. So go ahead, Mayor. As, as he said that suddenly it seemed like out of the blue the Palestinians were intent on discovering some national identity after they lost the war. So I don't know if this is an ego-bruising situation or what this is exactly, but he says 
The truth is that Palestine is no more real than Never Neverland. The first time the name was used was 70 A.D., when the Romans committed mm-hmm. genocide against the Jews, smashed the temple, and declared the land of Israel would be no more. Mm-hmm. From then on, the Romans promised it would be known as Palestine. The name was derived from the Philistines, a Goliathian, Goliathian, that's a new word, <laughs> people conquered by the Jews centuries earlier. It was a way for the Romans to add insult to injury. They also tried to change the name of Jerusalem to Elia Capitolina, but that just didn't have the ring, I guess. So Palestine has never existed before or since as an autonomous entity. It was ruled alternately by Rome, by Islamic and Christian crusaders, by the Ottoman Empire, and briefly the British after World War I. We know General Allenby walked into Jerusalem. He walked because he understood and respected Jerusalem mm. in 1970, 1917. Sorry, um, the, the British agreed to restore at least part of the land to the Jewish people as their homeland. There is no language known as Palestinian. There is no distinct Palestinian culture. There has never been a land known as Palestine governed by Palestinians. Palestinians are Arabs, indistinguishable from Jordanians, another recent invention, mm-hmm. Syrians, Lebanese, Iraqis, etc. Arabs control 99% of the Middle East lands. Israel represents one-tenth of one percent. One-tenth of one percent. But they can't deal with that. Here, Joseph Ferris cuts to the chase. He says, that's what's it about. Greed, pride, mm-hmm. envy, covetousness. No matter how many land concessions the Israeli ma- Israelis make, it will never be enough. That's why a peace treaty can't work. Arafat has rejected all kinds of things over the years because it's not enough. They want to destroy Israel, shove it into the sea, and reign supreme. It's the size of Rhode Island, for Pete's sakes. Uh, yeah, some say New Jersey. New that, Jersey. That gives yeah. it a little bit more landmass than Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah. But nevertheless, and so when they drained the swamps, when they got there yeah. in 1948 and drained the swamps and made something beautiful out of that land, it was just – it was. You know, populated by more camels than people before then. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden now, oh, look, this is pretty. Palestine. Oh, well. Uh, l- yeah. Let me just sh- share something. You had me at, uh, I should say, Joseph Farah. Palestine has never existed mm-hmm. before or since as an autonomous entity. There is no language known as Palestinian. There is no distinct Palestinian culture, and there's never been a land known and governed, known as Palestine, and governed by Palestinians. Why is that? And he says they're Arabs, Jordanians, Syrians, Lebanese, Iraqis. So this is important when you hear of all this debate. And by the way, I want to throw in something that, again, shout out to Andy Woods and his pastor's point of view today. Ron DeSantis said there is no Israeli occupation. In other words, Israel is not occupying the land. He said... Um, Judea and Samaria are disputed, and Jews have the right to live there. And that's another reason, friends, that the left hates DeSantis in Florida. One of the many, many, many reasons. Okay. Also, it talks about, in the article, about uh, holy sites, quote-unquote, Islam's holy sites, Um, you know, the Alaska Mosque and the Dome of the Rock. And Joe Ferris says the Quran says nothing about Jerusalem at all. It mentions Mecca hundreds of times. It mentions Medina countless times. It never mentions Jerusalem because there's no historical evidence to suggest Muhammad ever visited Jerusalem. So it's not the third holiest site for them. Um, no matter what, they can maybe dig around in the Quran and find something that suggests that. But, you know, I mean... Talk about lies. Um, Muhammad couldn't be a prophet. There's no such thing as prophecy in Islam. It's interesting. The only yeah. prophets are in, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he can't be a prophet. They can call him that to make him sound important, but exactly, it's just for him. It's just a name. It's mm-hmm. a tagline yep. to make it him seem holy. More lies. Yep. When, he, when he was a a vicious warrior, and um, talk about conquest and what Muhammad did and what he taught his followers to do. And uh, they raided caravans and they took over um, villages. Anyway, that's the true heart of Muhammad in Islam. Um, let's briefly, Mary, we've got five minutes left to talk about this campaign that I think a lot of people maybe heard ads or watched ads on TV about. It's a $100 million campaign that aims to fix Jesus' brand from his followers, that in other words, Christians that have damaged the reputation of Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah, like he so can do that. So it's called He Gets Us. 
It's funded by Signatory. It's a Christian foundation in Kansas. I don't know much about this, Mayor. What can you tell us? Yeah, you know, we've seen the ads. Starting last spring, I saw the ads. We've seen billboards. Mm -hmm. It's all over. And my whole thinking is... He gets us. (laughs) My whole thinking is to just... Giving people an idea because it says it's leading up to a Super Bowl ad. Now I don't necessarily watch the Super Bowl, but but it's it's leading up to that. So they're going to spend the entire rest of the year talking about this, and uh, so it's funded by a, a Christian group in Kansas that has a lot of money, um, and they want to uh, sell you some merchandise called that says he gets us, and it says people can get free gear if they forgive someone. Oh boy! Or welcome a stranger. What? They, uh, yeah, it's the it's the gospel of good works, right? Um, Indulgences, a trophy, a trophy for everybody. I forgave somebody today. Now I get free merch from the He Gets Us site, and then they have an outreach program for churches. They have a Bible app called the You Version because, of course, it's all about you. And a lot of people are studying, I guess, studying the Bible. I don't know why don't they just read the Bible, but they're using this app. Um, but it's basically a branding firm, and they want to bridge the gap between the story of Jesus and the public perception of his followers. Um, I mean... Okay, can we talk about hypocrisy briefly? Um, If there are more than three people in a room, two of them have probably been hypocrites at some point in time in their lives. Like, there is no perfection. We're striving to that as Christians. And yes, we do make mistakes and we do say something and do another. That's one of the things they're alluding to, but I think they're trying to put a lot of at least previous Christians in that basket of hypocrites well, they when they're call, saying this. Right, and they call Christianity a hate group. So now they have to divest us from anything about sin or judgment or anything like that because, of course, it doesn't suit them to acknowledge those mm-hmm. Bible verses, but they'll acknowledge a verse that they like. You know, uh, They'll know we're Christians by how much we love each other. So they will use a Bible verse if it suits their agenda, but it's it's you know social. It's a social Jesus. Um, and uh, basically... We're remaking God in our own image, you know, bringing God down to the level of sinful humans because they don't like, they know more than they're willing to admit. Yeah. You know. I want to mention a couple of things it says on their website, He Gets Us. And, and again, we don't know all the details and all the people behind this, but we're concerned. There are some potential red flags here. Uh, Jesus gets our lives because he was human too. I, you know, I, I want more information. Because if they're just focusing on the humanity of Jesus, right. is he God? Is he the final authority? That's what I want to know. Right. But I'm not sure what they believe. But here's one thing. Right at the top in yellow and the page, very bright, highlighted, says, Jesus was fed up with politics, too. He lived in the middle of a culture war. And uh, the debate and animosity were similar. So let's stop right there. This, I think, Mayor, is a veiled attempt to get people to believe the second biggest lie in America, the separation of church and state. Christians, stay out of culture. Just love and and be, stay in your church and don't infect politics or whatever. So we're concerned about He Gets Us. If you have more information, if you'd like to get a hold of us, just email Mary or I. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. we got to go already, Mary. Can you believe it? I can't. That went by fast. Yeah. Okay, so Monday, next week, we have the great Alex Newman. And Tuesday, J.B. Hickson. Uh, Wednesday, Bill Cook, Stefan Mannion. Thursday, Jay Siegert back with us. And Friday, Linda Harvey in a brand new book from Lighthouse Trails on social justice, which Mayor contributed a chapter. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>